Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Modern Flirting Podcast. Uh, I'm Jared Syke Lawrence, founder of modernflirting.com. With me today is, of course, Jamie, and we have Lori Handlers and Michael. And Lori Handlers is a sex educator, author, sex and happiness coach, and internationally acclaimed Tantra teacher. And Michael Gibson here is a sex and happiness coach and creator of the extraordinary Lovers Academy. How are you guys doing? Doing well. We're Thank good. You. We're good. So, Michael, this is here. You're creator of Extraordinary Lovers Academy. What exactly makes an extraordinary lover? What is that all about? <laughs> well, an extraordinary lover um, has some different things that they do in their lives. It's kind of like anything extraordinary. Um, and it starts off with the way that we practice life, right? So, some of the things that we do as extraordinary lovers um, are done in the, in the sense of a practice. Now, Lori and I practice something called Tantra. You heard of that? I have, yet I, I've talked to different Tantra practi practitioners, and mm -hmm. I'm always getting like a different meaning behind it. So I'm still confused, maybe I'll, for our listeners, I had a Tantra expert on before in a previous episode, but really, I, I want to understand what's for what is Tantra? What makes Tantra sex different than other sex or Tantra is a practice? What is that exactly? When, what people We're are here for you, brother. Yeah, We're here for you. <laughs> yeah, totally. So Tantra is conscious. It's like a conscious practice of sexuality. It makes, it connects body, mind, and spirit. So it takes sex out of the range of sin and shame and guilt, and it makes it a spiritual practice. Like consider that as a, as a unique concept because most religions teach us that anything from here down from the neck down is sinful and we're not supposed to enjoy the pleasure that's in our bodies. And in Tantra, enjoying the pleasure that's in your body is a spiritual act. Mm. I feel like we used to have that, like back in the times of like Dionysus, right? People worship <laughs> nah. gods and, and- Those mystery religions were all about that. And yeah. um, well, so Tantra, um, Tantra is really three things and it's about weaving. So when you hear the Sanskrit word Tantra, it's more about weaving. And what we weave together is breath, sound, and movement. And these are the tenets of life. Breath is life. Sound is life. And it's also the evidence of life. Movement, that's an evidence of life. And so in Tantra, we practice weaving these three things together by different by different methods, modalities, right? So um, I take a less woo approach to Tantra because I feel like these practices, um, they release hormones and all kinds of other really cool things into the body that mm -hmm. causes us to have the experience that we call spiritual. Okay. So I practice, I practice for that experience and I also keep it like, I keep it straight. I'm not really worried about chasing a spiritual experience. I know that I can have it because of the practices. That's good, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it as well. <laughs> also, I'd like to say, I also like to give you this definition because sure. I learned a lot of kind of woo stuff when I, when I started uh, exploring Tantra and I changed the meaning to mean transformation through pleasure. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, in my way of thinking, if we were not meant to have pleasure, if human beings or any kind of animal was not meant to have pleasure, we would have been born in something other than skin. <laughs> we would have been born in wood, metal, or glass, something that doesn't feel anything, right. and plastic. I mean, and we have skin. Skin is our largest sensory organ. And if we weren't supposed to experience sensation, then we would have, you know, if there is a creator, the creator would have created something else. Right. So who, who feels more pleasure, men or women, usually through this experience? Mm. Women. So <laughs> <laughs> Hands down. Teach me. Teach me the ways. <laughs> I'm going to say that women feel more pleasure because a few things. One, women were, were not taught to shut their feelings down, or they were, but women feel anyway. So they already have more sensation in their body and they already have permission for a wider range of feelings. Mm. That's one. And two, women have more uh, special parts that feel more than men have. And, and, uh, and usually women aren't, um, what's the word, uh, mutilated at birth. Although um, right. 
although in some cultures women are, but yeah. uh, but men, for the, in, at least in Western culture, men are mutilated right after birth. So yeah, I want to that takes away that. a lot of nerve endings and a lot of feelings of sensation. Yeah, it's important to note that like, in, even, even though uh, a man is intact, I would say that a woman still has um, more pleasure centers or pleasure, you know, um, erogenous zones. Um, whereas men might have a little more muted, but once a man is circumcised, he loses 20,000 to a hundred thousand, uh, nerve, nerve endings, endings in that foreskin. And there's no reason to do it. Um, so medically it's just not unnecessary. So we're not going to go on a whole political bandstand about that, but we, thanks for asking that question. Cause no, no one asked me before they took my foreskin. I just, they just did it. So yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't have a choice in the matter, right? Sure. And, I, don't, I don't know what I'm missing out on. I really don't. Exactly. Well, so, well why do we... and, but I want to say that in Tantra, men are men learn to have more pleasure. Men learn to be uh, men learn to be receptive. They learn about their feminine polarity, and when they when they have permission to have their feminine polarity intact inside them, they get to be more receptive and therefore they get they learn to feel more right mm. men can be men can learn to be multi-orgasmic of course you know that um and and that's an interesting thing that tantra allows for so one of the one of the things that tantra uh, or we get from tantra and yoga and, and the yoga nidra and all this other stuff is these things called chakras right you've heard about chakras yep. the different uh, energy centers or whatever. And so what's interesting is, is that I, I, I kind of look at them as place marks on the body where you can actually look to a part of your body and sense it or have a sensation of it. And so um, there are seven chakras and I won't go into all of them, but as you go through your pleasure, as a man is learning his body and as he's learning to actually activate those different centers of pleasure, he can then begin to feel orgasm in those different spaces in his body. And that's a practice through through Tantra, as I said. Um, it's an interesting, you know, kind of way of weaving into how men can actually be that, you know, strong, powerful, um, orgasmic, masculine male, and at the same time be sensitive to what's happening in the feminine. I, I'm not doing my, I, I got to ask the, the key question. I know all the male views are, are thinking about right now. How does a guy have multiple orgasms? What is the secret to that? <laughs> no, well, I'm, I'm letting you off the hook. Just like throwing that out there. Like, oh, of course, guys have multiple orgasms. Who doesn't? It's like a lot of guys. So first of all, he, it what's necessary is that he learns something called uh, ejaculation choice. Right. So the first thing is my ejaculation, to, my choice. Right. It's your choice, and and you look and. I usually give people homework for 21 days to not come. Oof. So for those 21 days, they do a practice called transmutation. Mm -hmm. They bring themselves to almost ejaculate to just three peaks and almost going over, but not ejaculation. And in those 21 days, they learn to do something called injaculate, which is allow the, the orgasmic, um, what is it, the, the feeling of it, to go internal rather than shoot external. And when men can do that, then they can start with the breathing of, tra of transmutation. They can start to bring that energy up the spine. And so women, when they orgasm, they often look like this. The thing from Harry Met Sally, where she goes, <laughs> oh, oh, and the other one goes, I'll have what she's having. So women do this undulation thing with their bodies when they orgasm, assuming that they're not so tight and so locked down. Mm -hmm. Most women could just do this naturally. Men can also do that. And part of, after men learn to d exercise ejaculation choice, and they don't have to ejaculate every single time they're having sex, it's easy to just kind of tap on somebody's body and get their body to start undulating. And that's that's a full body orgasm and women can do that and men can do that. Wow. Yeah. I, I have a question. I have actually two questions. I have so many questions. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, so Teach the first me. one, is the goal the orgasm? Is that the goal? No, no. Well, let's, let's, talk, let's, let's unpack that a little bit. What do you yeah. mean by the goal? <laughs> is the goal, like if we're getting it on, is the goal for the man because to have her orgasm or? 
the reason why I am asking is okay. um, I, I'm a 30 year old woman and, and scientifically I am now reaching my, my peak sexuality, which I actually agree with. I find that I'm more sexual um, and, and I'm experiencing more pleasure when I am having sex. Um, I also think that has a part to do with men are getting older and a little bit wiser, especially maybe with the culture too. Um, mm. But also um, I, I think I get in my head a lot. So maybe y'all can help me there, but I get in my head a mm. lot and, and I, I get too, it's too much pressure and I feel like I'm taking too long and I, I stress myself out and I can't do it. And so I just don't. And, and then I get sad because I'm like, okay, well, he orgasmed. I didn't, it's fine. I can please myself afterward. You know what I mean? But I feel like I'm missing the mark and mm. I'm hearing all these different things is because in society they teach us, you know, maybe not so directly, but you know, like it's all about the, the big O, the big O, you know, and I'm, I'm starting to hear these takes on it where, listen, it's not always about the orgasm. It's about the whole experience. So I just wanted to see, but also at the same time, it's hard for me to accept that too, because I feel like when I keep going back to the fact that it's not about the orgasm, I'm the one that's missing out always. So I just kind of wanted to see your take on that. You're, you're a perfect candidate for Tantra. <laughs> Let's just say that, number one. I ring my bell for you here. So... Um, so first of all, it, it Tantra is not goal-oriented sex. Right. So it's okay, not yeah. about the orgasm. Now that said, um, there are so many ways that you can orgasm and there's so many ways that you can be brought to orgasm. And there's so many ways that you can feel orgasmic and not be brought to an orgasm. So part of it is really learning your own body like we give people th this assignment, this self-pleasure assignment, which we give to men for 21 days, but we also give it to women mm -hmm. to expand their experience of receiving. Right. And then it takes communication. Like you, it's, we do something, we do a practice where we tell each other our desires, fears, and boundaries. And we say what our desire is. I'd like you to take, I might say to him, I'd like you to take a, a whole hour on the upper part of my body. Mm. And he's like, Okay. You know, like, that's like, wow, that's a great challenge. Oh, the many ways. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, so I think that um, we learned to make orgasm like the thing, the mm -hmm. prize. Mm -hmm. And it isn't, it, it's a wonderful prize, but it, there's so much potential. It's, there, it's possible to have non-orgasmic sex and be completely satisfied. And it's also possible to have orgasm after orgasm after orgasm. But that takes communication and it takes knowledge on the part of you, what you really want and like and what you're willing to tell someone because that's part of it. And then the other part is how skilled the someone is. Yeah. I think a big part of, the, of this is when we're talking about orgasm or we're talking about having a session, uh, a lovemaking session, um, I think the point is to is to have pleasure. It's the point is pleasure. It's not the orgasm. The orgasm may come, may go. You may have multiples, but the question is: is it sustained pleasure throughout? And um, I'm a big advocate for 45 minutes at least of or of of just pleasure, allowing for the orgasm to build, and then being able to stack orgasms. So at <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's important. It's important that men, number one, if we have ejaculation control, it's a very simple process. Montauk Chia wrote a great book called The Multi Multi Orgasmic Man. Recommend reading that. Um, that is one of the he's he's one of the leaders in this field. But what's important for men to know is that as we're as we're ejaculating, we're taking the experience of that orgasm that's coming up. It's it's not releasing prolactin. What it's do, doing is it's increasing all the other good stuff in the body. So the man is not, he's not going to fall away and fall asleep, right? He can actually have that orgasm with you without ejaculating and then move into the next phase of pleasure. So it's important to make sure the pleasure is the point, not orgasm. Gotcha. I like that. And then I have one more question, and this might be totally out of left field, but I feel like you guys are masters and might be able to end this debate is squirting real yes i've seen it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can ask yeah. well, no 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 because no, no. i because 
I have that superpower as well. But there are all there's all these people on the internet that are like, no, that's just urine. And I'm like, oh my God, did I pee on someone and not know? No. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's always that like. So I just wanted to see from the horse's mouth, is the, is this real? Lord, I, I have I have my my what I think. I want you to confirm this. Go I think ahead. I, so it's not <laughs> urine, but it's from the same hole that urine comes out of. Is that yes? Correct? That's true. Boom. Oh, okay, so what it is, the, it. the expert, the person that I look to as the expert for this, who explained it to me is Sherry Winston. Okay. She's based in New York. Um, Sherry is the first person that ever broke, she's a nurse and also teaches about sex. So she broke it down for me. She said that it was the urethral sponge. So that's like a bunch of nerves, endings, and veins and capillaries that are wrapped around the urethra mm -hmm. and somehow liquid comes out of the urethra goes into the urethral sponge so it like filters out and then it becomes a clear liquid mm -hmm. called amrita and, called amrita mm -hmm. so in, in sanskrit and in tantra we call the liquid amrita and what amrita literally translated means is liquid of the gods or nectar of the gods yes. so it was thought that if someone would drink this, consume this liquid, they would get superpowers. So it's okay. been around forever, but doctors, Western doctors, look, Western doctors didn't even put the clitoris into like, into manuals that showed women's genitalia. You know, that's why when I met Sherry Winston, she was in the process of drawing you know, new physical maps of what women's genitalia looked like because so much was left out by Western doctors. Grab that clitoris right there. This is what the clitoris. Oh yeah, here we have what the clitoris actually looks here, like. Here we have yeah. one right here. Right. Give it and where it is. on Netflix, explain that as well. Very yeah. Well. So yeah. these are these are. This is the part that most people think of as the clitoris. This is just the the little point of it that when the hood would be push backwards these are the legs and these get puffed up and they, they these are um all erectile tissue. erectile erectile yeah. tissue just like erectile tissue in the penis right. so this so the clitoris is much bigger and has much more mass than people think of and it's really important to to stimulate all of this mm -hmm. so Grab that clitoris. And, is that, right. and, and sure or false, is that a part of the G spot? Those legs, is that the G spot, or is no. that really different? Okay. No, the Except G spot DLT, is. So yeah, the G spot is connected to that um, ureth urethral sponge, and it's just underneath, about about a finger's length in. Okay. Um, for, for if most you go like this, you, if you, you have to find it. And um, but then it expands, and there's another expert on G spots. Her name is. Um, Deborah Sundahl, and Deborah Sundahl says, and I've seen this, Deborah Sundahl says that once you start stimulating the G-spot, one finger, two fingers inside, it grows, like it's erectile tissue that grows, and it can engorge and fill up the entire vaginal cavity and actually stick out. So it's not just a stick out, but I felt it like gorge. And usually yeah. when, once it does that and it's all the way gorge, that's when the... I could see the woman ejaculate. That's when the stuff comes out. Yeah, it's a step-by-step -step process. So <laughs> it all, thanks for I mean, all those questions. Yeah. yeah. And it's all connected. I mean, all of those nerve endings, everything is connected through what what is known as the sacral nerve. So there's like a little junction box in the back of your body that's right at the tailbone. That's the sacral nerve. And all of those nerve endings, everything that goes to the brain goes through there. So add a little stimulation there. Just rub on the back of her bottom, you know, a little bit, and it, it's a it's an incredible turn on. So these these are all. <laughs> this is like back to your original question: Is it all about the orgasm? If somebody is a skilled lover, you know, Jared teaches people how to how to meet and how to speak to each other. Mm -hmm. And then once somebody meets and speaks to each other, like then what other skills? does the person have both or do both people have and what communication skills do they have? Mm -hmm. And that's what extraordinary lovers is about. How do we take ordinary communication, ordinary lovemaking and make it extraordinary and be able to replicate that every single time. So yeah. let's say somebody's using, you know, modern flirting teachings or whatever teachings and they're meeting a girl 
and they're about to hit it off. There's attraction there. It's awesome. Uh, it's the first time in the bedroom with the girl, right? What are some things you can do for your first time with a new girl to be an extraordinary lover? Let's teach you the bubble. We're going to teach you the We're bubble. We're going to teach you the bubble. <laughs> okay, let's do the bubble. So the, first thing, the first thing that we do is, and this is something that Lori did with me our first time, and that is um, introduce the bubble. And so what the bubble is, is it's a way to add um, sacred. A, a, a sacred space or to ritualize the experience that you're about to have. And so basically what we're going to do is we're going to create this space and then we're going to have a conversation. The conversation goes a little bit like, what are your desires, your fears, and your boundaries? Right. And we said that on date one. Date one. So let's do it. You ready? Yeah. All right. Here we go. I'm keeping my glasses on. Okay. Desires, fears, and boundaries. I want to touch you all over, baby. <laughs> fears. No fears. Boundaries. Oh. You always have the same boundary. <laughs> same boundary. <laughs> <laughs> Desires, fears, and boundaries. I'm going to say what I said to you the first night. Okay. My desire is to have a relationship closer to home. One that's really convenient. Somebody I can count on close to home. Somebody I can make love with often. Mm -hmm. Not somebody who's across the world like some lovers that I have. My fears, um, my fears that will go too fast. I'd like us to go slow. If there was anything that women have told me that men do, it's go too fast. Right. So I'd like to go slow. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to touch me all over, I'd like you to like count to 10 in between each touch. Okay. And boundaries, uh, desires, fears, and boundaries. Um, mm -hmm. My boundary is um, that we speak to each other in the morning. Okay. That you call me or you text me tomorrow. I can do that. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you. I have an extra added desire. What? I want that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Thank right. you. Well, let's yeah. get it on now. Sorry, guys, we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was very similar to how what we did the very first time we were together. Yeah. I love that. We pop the bubble when we're done. At the end, so. we pop the bubble. After the sex. <laughs> but what that does is it establishes this interaction is sacred the whole rest of the world went away all my other partners and his other partners and any other experience that we ever had went away and it just brought us completely present yeah. mm -hmm. and then we we seriously said i really said that that night i want a partner who's close to home who i don't who i who it's, it's convenient for me who i can make love with who i can have feelings with i have other lovers there in other parts of the world and like i don't see them that often so it's like i really want to establish something here and he looked at me and he said i want the same thing and I, my mouth just, i just was like well okay you know and it was it was awesome now, Jared, you, you teach men how to um, how to meet women, how to I, I, I would assume that you, you've got a, a program that allows for um, the uptick and the, the, the upgrade. Right. Of how men show up. Uh, yeah. So it's, in, it's in everything part. that gets them to the bubble. Got it. <laughs> so so one of the things that I think that Lori teach teaches and, and we work together is how to vet your partner like to find out what they're about. So we use something called RBDSM. It's a conversation that you would have before the bubble. And um, I won't or go into Or in the bubble. Or even in the bubble. But RBDSM stands for what's your relationship? What are your boundaries? What are your desires? What's your sexual history? Are you healthy? And what would it mean to you if we were to have sex? Mm. What does it mean to you? Like, are we in a relationship now? Is this just a one-time thing? What does it mean to you? That way people don't get hurt. Whatever a lot of people are saying, I don't know, or they're scared to say what it means to them because they don't want to scare the other person off. Yeah, that's a good uh, indication that maybe sex is not a good idea. Not now anyway, you know? Yeah, maybe they should get to know each other a little bit better right. before they have sex. And, and that's also a key feature of being an extraordinary lover. So something that I think women, I, I believe this is 
you know, I, this is going to be a blanket statement, but I believe all women are this way. Women need three things to be able to open to a man. It's safety. They need to, they need to feel safe. They need to feel seen and they need to feel adored. So those three things, if you can bring that to the conversation, then she will open and, and likely will say what's really on her mind. Um, if she's not able to say what's on her mind, she's not either feeling safe, she's not feeling seen or heard, and you know she's obviously not feeling adored at that moment. It's one of those three things. I love that. I love that. Um, I, you know, I love. I, I'm curious to see when did you guys meet? How how long ago? We met five and a half years ago. Five and a half years. We ago. met at a we met at a clothing optional dance party. Love that. And um, we didn't like each other. We we <laughs> we met at the bar in in the house, um, and um, we both liked the same wine. So we had a few words with each other. But bar was, is bar is a loose interpretation. Well, it, it was, was a kitchen counter. It was a kitchen you know? counter with a bunch of wine on it. <laughs> and we, it's inconsequential, Phil. <laughs> So <laughs> I just think it's funny. Anyway, we then we had no chemistry, nothing. We what we said hello, we talked for a few minutes, and we walked away. Five days later, we re met at an event called uh, a turn on, which is part of One Taste. So One Taste was responsible for bringing the world orgasmic meditation, and we I was helping the people in Arizona. We're in Phoenix. I was helping the people who were establishing One Taste in Arizona get established so i went there to support them and he showed up as a participant and they they put him on the hot seat that night and they said to him what do you want if you could have anything what do you want and he said i believe there's a goddess in every woman and i want to be with her and so i had like a stirring in my body when i heard that and i said to him have you told anyone this he said no i never said this no. before so at the end of the evening, I, it was like it was in a bookstore that had a wine bar. And I said to him, we should have a drink, of, a glass of wine. He said, why? I said, because I am the goddess. And I, <laughs> I said, and what you said made me a little wet. <laughs> I said, let's go have a glass of wine. <laughs> Love that. The reason, the reason I ask is, you know, um, I would love to have that real honest conversation. And I think that's only going to come with waiting to have sex with someone, which I actually, you know, and I tell people in modern flirting, the ones that like, you know, a lot of guys, especially young ones, like that is the goal. They just want to like have, but for me, and, and I, I don't know, I think I maybe identify more with a man on this one part is when I find that when I have sex too soon, I lose interest. Um, and therefore, and, and, for a long time, I never understood why. And I think it's because when you have sex with someone too early, it's like you justify all of the things that you may not really like about them, but we've had sex. So, you know, I just, I'm just going to ignore it, you know, because we're progressing. And I find that it really uh, negatively affects the choice in men that I have. And I feel like the importance is waiting. So like on that, how long, how long is the, like the, the waiting period? Waiting period? I, it depends on how well you vet the partner. Like okay. really, if you vet a partner really well, very quick, like I'm not, you know, I'm not afraid to ask questions, state things, say things. That's basically who I am in the world anyway. So I might vet somebody really quickly. There might be times that I just want to have sex with someone and I, and I, and it's like a one night stand thing. And I, I don't really want to know them. Right. I don't really want to, you know, it's just like I, my hormones were working or whatever. And I decided I was going to sleep with this person and I don't care. But if I care about, if I think there's a potential that I really care about the person, I'm in no hurry. Yeah. And right. so I would vet them and wait and see and what have you. So um, in our case, we didn't do that in our case, but our first date was, I was on his podcast and he interviewed me for almost two hours and he, and he found out everything. <laughs> like it was so intimate at the end of the, of this, 
of this experience of being interviewed by him, it's like he asked me my insights. He asked me inside and out. And I and he, then he shared those things too. So it was already, we were pretty vetted. Yeah. And then when I did this, when we did the bubble, and I said, this is what I really want. This is why I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to connect with somebody that's closer to home. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he said, I want that too. And it was just like, yeah, that's amazing. You know, it was that's so amazing. Keep on your podcast. Get them to open up. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's just now I know. Yeah, that's a, I guess that's one way. But I said, <laughs> but here's the thing. I said to him soon after, I said, you have skills that I, that you need to teach. I've been with a lot of men in my life and I don't think that most men have the skills that you have. They don't know how to touch women. Even Tantra men who know how to breathe and make eye contact Mm. and they know how to go into these altered states of connection, they don't know how to touch and you know how to touch. And then we got into this whole thing. I said to him, we need to start an academy for men. Mm. And so we we started an academy for men and the Mm -hmm. outgrowth of that became Extraordinary Lovers. How do you, how can you allow each other to touch each other in such a way that it produces the same results over and over again, even if you don't do the same exact thing. Cause we also know, like, I don't know if you have ever, but I've been with a man who's like a one trick pony. Like he does the same thing over mm-hmm. every single time over and over again. And pretty soon I just, I'm like, you lose interest. Okay. I'm bored out of my mind. Like I don't want to have sex with you anymore ever. Mm-hmm. You know, like, <laughs> so I said to Michael, I need you to teach some men that I know how to touch, how to actually touch a body that's alive and real. It's not a China doll. Mm -hmm. And I also feel feel like since in my life, since I had intercourse, which was like when I was 18, I felt like after people have intercourse, they don't do the foreplay things that they used to do before they ever had into like I can remember making out in the back of a car for like hours and never ever having intercourse but feeling like everything like orgasms and everything was happening in my body so then I found men to do this you know like they kiss kit lick 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 okay it's wet now go <laughs> who Where did that- him on top doggy style Stop. Yeah, where did that where did that come from? Like, what happened to all the great things we used to do in the back of cars? Like, wake up! Like, yeah. remember that stuff. Right. <laughs> so for we somebody, used to go by the bases, man. For, you know, oh, yeah. first base, second base, <laughs> For somebody new to all this, who's you know those guys who go lick, lick, touch, bam, right? And they want they want to start learning more. They want to get into it. Now, you do like workshops, or is like a yeah, workshop? Describe it for guys who are new to this whole world and where they can learn this stuff like what goes on at these workshops what what takes place how long is it uh just overall like the logistics of it well it depends we have two sets like we have like two tracks one is if they're a guy single not in any kind of relationship then michael has a coaching program for for men mm-hmm. well you you it's extraordinary you actually, lovers men's program but you actually coach men who are in relationships too i do yeah yeah so there's one that's one way one way to do it is to get coached by a man mm-hmm. on how to how to be how to be with women yeah another so it's kind of like the next step from what you teach them you teach mm-hmm. them how to meet them and get them somewhere and then the, he t- teaches them how to actually deal with it i'll hand it you over know? to you mike <laughs> <laughs> one say oh. one we can work together, man. That's a big <laughs> once they once they meet, it's like okay, now how do you touch her? How do you mm-hmm. talk to her? What? You, and then and then when people are together in couples, we work with them, and we also work with some singles too. On in a class called Extraordinary Lovers, and we teach people what being extraordinary is. And yeah. basically, the bottom line is, no matter what's going on, you commit to returning to love. Yeah. So you could be mad and fighting it out and doing the same old, same old things you saw your parents do and, and you've seen on TV and in, in Hollywood, or you can actually commit to returning to love no matter what and get some communication skills that bring you back to that state. 
And that's extraordinary yeah. because most people would rather just be right, cross their arms and, and battle it out. Yeah. The, I think what you were talking about and what you were asking about, um, Jared, is the, uh, is, is inside of the programs that we're, that we're now providing for couples, especially. Um, I mean, we take them through three different thresholds of love. So it's an experience. We have an extraordinary lover's experience actually coming up in November um, where we take them through the three levels or three thresholds of love. The first one being self-love, like love has to emanate from here out mm -hmm. and then love for your partner. And so we have an experience of loving your partner. What's that like? Right. And then finally, an experience of love that manifests. So when you use love that manifests in your life, you start to bring things into your life that you as a couple can can actually build like an empire. Right. So that's something that that a lot of people are missing because it's not about a relation. Usually when people get in relationships, it's not about creation. It's not about creating the next thing. Right. It's just about feeling good about being with the person. You're or with. defending the right. relationship. Like people build a, a they a dig moat. a moat around themselves <laughs> right. and then, they, then they're yeah. them against the world. And right. we like we don't get that. No. OK, so, so I'm I'm thinking of like these workshops. And again, I haven't done any of these tantric workshops. Maybe that's the next stage for me. Maybe it sounds like something I could be interested in or might try out. I'm thinking it sounds better to do it with a partner, like have a girl with me than by yourself, because I think you get more out of it that way. Would you say or? Um, yes and no. I'll just get, I'll give you, I'll put, give you the warning label. Um, sometimes learning tantra is easier on your own because you're not looking at what the partner's doing and the partner's not looking at what you're doing and who you're connecting with and who you're relating to. Right. When you learn the practices, sometimes it's necessary to alternate. Sorry. When you, when you, um, when you're learning the practices, sometimes it's necessary to work with a variety of people. And sometimes when, cu when couples come, they're like, uh oh, yeah. there's a, there's a thing. He's flirting between, with her. Yeah. I, 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 okay, so I, I'm just asking key as an outsider here. I think of these tantric workshops. I might be totally off and wrong about this. So please correct yeah. me for my ignorance. I, you know, as an outsider, it seems like there's either an orgy going on where somebody's like, <laughs> "Yes, this is right." No, no, lift a leg, Sarah. You're doing that wrong. Or there's like <laughs> one couple having sex while everybody's in a circle, like watching. Like, what actually goes on in this thing? Well, that that's not what goes on in in our workshop. Uh, so, I don't, like, I don't know. So, no, yeah, great question because I'm sure a lot of people like like when when I started out in tantra, honestly, I thought it was just massage. Like I thought that's how it was like a way to massage people. Like there's a there's a, what is it called? A, there's a certain different kind of massages: Swedish massage, this kind of massage. I thought tantra it was, was just massage, a massage. Yeah. Um, and then what I what I learned was it's really not that at all. It's about connecting and weaving. And so inside of these programs, and by the way, we use Tantra. We don't really like teach Tantra. Okay. So everything well, that we I do. Well, I have though. I mean, I've taught Tantra for Lori, years and years. Lori is the premier teacher of Tantra. But in our <laughs> program, in Extraordinary Lovers, um, we we don't necessarily teach Tantra. We we actually just practice it. So it's weaved in throughout the program. And we we take all of it. Like the, the cool thing about it is, is that um, in the part, we, we also teach something because pleasure is your birthright called body mapping and so understanding how the sensual body works right how all of the genitalia connect to everything how to touch the body that's part of the program as well because you need to go into your life not only being able to love yourself love your partner create but you got to be able to create pleasure and pleasure that's consistent level seven or above right a woman who's having sex at level seven is much happier than one that's having level three. <laughs> so is it, if I'm hearing you correctly, then it's mainly exercise like doing the bubble or like doing stuff with the partner, or is it more like lecturing that you're doing at these workshops? Oh, it's mostly no, experiential. It's, it's experiential. Yeah. But I want to go back for a second and just say that, you know, there are Tantra workshops called Red Tantra mm -hmm. in which there could be orgies. Yeah. So what somebody from the outside would look at and say, oh, this is an orgy, but it really isn't that in the context of Tantra. Okay. I just wanted to say that I, I don't want to like, yeah, I, those two things that you said, there could be a couple in the middle having sex or demonstrating something with, with a circle around them, mm -hmm. or there could be people, there could be an exercise where people are rotating and changing partners. Mm. 
and they're doing different things with a partner. It isn't always sexual, but it, that can happen. I don't want to like take that out. That's not, that doesn't happen so much in our workshops. Yeah. yeah. And most of the experiences and Lori teaches, you know, she says Tantra really is um, transformation through pleasure. And so the experiences that you, you get when you come to our, our, um, our workshops is just that you're going to have experiences, some of them not so pleasurable, others very pleasurable, but most of them in some way, they're facilitating a transformation in you so that you become an extraordinary lover. And you become, ha have a permission field for more pleasure yeah. than you had before. So the, your permission field filled. grows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm never checking out one of these workshops. If <laughs> Thank I'm you. That would be awesome to have you. Absolutely. And, you know, you could come with a partner. I'm just saying that, like, to our workshops, you it, it, these days it's necessary to come with a partner. Yeah. Um, but if you were going to a regular Tantra workshop, I would not necessarily recommend that you go with a partner. I would recommend that if you have a partner that you both go, but I would go separate from my partner because I would then I would be free to have my own experience and bring what I get home. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And I would send my partner separately also because yeah. sometimes, I mean, there's a lot of talk about sovereignty. Like, what is it to be my own sovereign being? And sometimes couples come together and they're like, you know, they're joined at the head, you know, they're, <laughs> they're, 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 we can't sever the ties. And sometimes they're not free to have an experience, the one experience that they really need. And they can't have it because the, they're holding on to each other so tightly. If I, if I bring a girl, she's not holding me back from an experience. I'm just like, nope, okay, I'm that's going right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not worried about that. She, she might be, but I'm, I'm good there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's a distraction. We even, I recently I talked to one of my colleagues and we were talking about what happens when people hook up, you know, they go as single individuals to a workshop and then they meet and then the whole thing becomes about the meeting right. and about them coming together and they miss the half the workshop. Yeah, yeah, I can see that happening too. Yeah, they get they get hijacked by their hormones. Exactly, yeah. and mm -hmm. so we talked about that. You know, it it's it it doesn't really do anybody any good. Mm -hmm. You can I feel like when you come you're to here a to class, learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. When you come to a class, you're here to meet yourself. Yeah, right. Not like that. When, and and for our workshops, I think it's good to have a partner because many of the exercises really are partner work or are partner, partner exercises. Work, right. So you're going to be working, but you're working on yourself and you're also getting the experience of what's happening. So there's, I just, I just figured I could be like having a drill leader. <laughs> like, so like in modern flirting, we have guys practice what they're learning here with a girl yeah. and they're getting feedback from a girl right. like Jamie here. So if I was doing it, I wouldn't be like, am I touching you? Right. Is that right? Like I wanted like yeah. the feedback from the girl versus like, yes, I'm a sexual God. And I'm just like in my head, and I'm like, no, no, you still suck. You're not doing it right. So I would want, you know, I'd want that like feedback. I found that I, I, I don't want to assume I want a girl telling me exactly what's right or if I'm doing it right. Totally, or right. totally. Everything I teach, especially when it comes to like pleasuring women and how to touch and all that other stuff comes down to calibration. And I stole that right out of the PUA community. I mean, it's all about calibration. You've got to get the feedback. The data matters. And so one, one of the things that we have become very good at is teaching women how to give that feedback. Right. And have for men to be able to be like, instead of, you know, shut down, close down, I'm not good enough, whatever, to be able to say, thank you. That data is really going to help. Or to not take it. <laughs> right. To not take it like, don't oh, take it personally. Don't take it personally. Like some men, you yes. can't tell them. Yeah. Some men, you can't say a little more to the left. I would have liked it a little more to the left. I Could know you what go? I'm doing. And it's like, clearly not. No, <laughs> you don't know what you're One of the last girls I was with, uh, the greatest thing she did was when I was like, rubbing her clit she was like go lower and she was hard she was shy at first i'm like no talk to me i gotta like to, you know talk to me right. with it. i go a little bit lower instant like body change everything feels like i can tell she's feeling amazing i'm like thank you this is like how am i supposed to know like if you want to higher lower left right but with the communication it's like now i'm more happy because it's like wow okay i'm doing this to you now i'm really like getting it on versus just assuming i know best like so i'm sure yeah. some guys are ego about it but I love the feedback. Now I'm like, now I know I'm doing it right. You, you told me. I would love right. to get tips on that too, because I find that um, one of two things happen. Uh, one of three, because sometimes it works and it's great, or I'm uh, communicative. But the t things that happen sometimes are, I feel like when I give notes, right? Little to the left, little to the right, bottom, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 it's like, 
he, you know, maybe overcorrects or something. So then I feel like I have to like say it again. And then it's like, now I'm just like in this weird teacher. Now I'm totally out of the mood. And now I just feel like I can't really say anything. <laughs> like I, I've already given too many notes. And, or then the other um, thing is the ego gets in the way for him. And he, you know, gets angry or, or, or is like, I, I know what I'm doing. And, and then I can't say anything anymore. So it's been hard. How do you, how would you remedy situations like that? Oh, that's, that's really a part of the communication. I mean, one of the things that, um, that men struggle with is um, that part of the communication when being told this doesn't work for me. And so Lori and I have developed, you know, kind of a way of communicating called fearless communication, like really being able to say whatever it is. And then we also use something that, that we coined together called um, seduction is a team sport. So, so there are different ways to communicate what's working, what's not working without it being like feeling like an attack for a man. Um, and one of those ways is number systems. You know, this feels good at a three or a four or five, six, seven, sometimes Lori says 15. Um, <laughs> we have a one to 10 scale, but I yell out 15. 15 well, where'd 15 come from? Yeah. And it's like, you know, uh, oh, left, oh, seven right? That's instant. That's like data I can use right then and there. So there are different ways that you can actually communicate that, that give men. So here's the thing women need to know. Men play for points. Like we play for points. When we get out on the basketball, you know, basketball court, or we get out on, you know, the baseball field, we're playing for points. And sometimes what men need to hear is good job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you beat your own and, record or something, it's like, cool. Now I'm, I've got something to compete against myself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And the number seven or above is like a good job. Mm -hmm. He's gotcha. doing it right. It's just what you said, Jared. Yeah. Move so, over here. Boom. Her body goes wild, you know, just a little bit. Yeah. It's not such a big, this is, I mean, we pointed out that this is so big, but if she's saying just a little lower or whatever, it wasn't, you didn't have to drive your car there. It was just a little bit to the left, right, up or down. Yeah. <laughs> In these workshops with Tantra, not, I mean, I've heard from other uh, sexual teachers that BDSM is also a big part of it. Is that something that goes on in your workshops? Do you teach that? Does that have a place with Tantra? Or is that something completely separate, its own thing? I actually teach that with a different partner. I teach BDSM, uh, Tantra meets BDSM with, with a dear friend of ours called Om Rupani. And uh, he, I was his Tantra teacher for many years and he got into kink and then he called me and said, I want to show you what I'm doing. So I said, okay. And I went and had a session with him in New York. And then a couple years later, we started teaching together and we went on a world tour and we piloted Tantra Meets BDSM. And so that's been going on now, I don't know, five years or, yeah. or more as and well. We, and Lori and I, we practice. And BDSM. we practice, like I brought home I'm, to I'm him. Ohm's apprentice. <laughs> yeah, I brought home to him everything that happened in my classes with Ohm. And we started to incorporate that into our uh, lovemaking, including the number system. And that, and that changed our game. What we thought was a 10 on a 10 scale, one to 10 scale, 15. became like a 75. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was instant. Yeah, so we, I'll just say, I'll give a little tip to that and just say that um, aside from communicating numbers, we communicate numbers for pleasure and numbers for pain. A little bit of pain will intensify mm -hmm. a lot of pleasure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if something's pleasurable and then you add just a little bit of pain to it, it takes it off the charts. And I like I teach that and I learned that. Yeah. And then you become masterful at balancing it. So do you find it's good when, when the guys and girls switch roles of dom and sub? Is it usually you have your own kink, your preference? And I think I'm assuming more men are taking on the dom role, more women take on the sub role. But is it good for them to be switching around? Like how does, what, what's the best practices here for that? Well, we say that um, people should try both roles because they don't really know. They only assume and think what they are, but they might really get more pleasure out of the other side, out of the other role. The other thing is that if you're going to be a dom, we like to have people experience what it's like to sub 
to somebody so that they understand what it is to take direction. They understand what it, they understand the, ex, the experience inside their own body. Mm-hmm. So that when they then ask somebody else to do those things, they, they're understanding what's going on in somebody's body. Yeah. So we, we recommend that people do both. And, um, and then most people have an archetype, which is really their archetype. Most people are either dom- more dominant or more submissive. They're very, there are not as many switches, what's called switches in the world. That I'm kind of a switch. I dominate all kinds of things in my life and in my world, and I can dominate anybody in a scene. And when I'm in my personal life, I prefer to be the sub. And he prefers to be the dom, and occasionally we switch. But very occasionally, he's not real super amenable. This is a very dominant male, and he's not super amenable to, to being the sub. Although, there are times when he I've will been tied be. up. So there are times when he will be. See, that would freak me out if I'm tied up and I'm like, nope, I would break the bed. <laughs> yeah, you say that, but you don't. You know. don't know. Whoa. I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like I'm just getting like tense and just like fuck, fuck, fuck. Like just like we're already not... planting that seed, though. You know what I mean? See, like, that's your edge. Gotta... That's perfect. That's your edge. That is your when edge. you get to your edge and you start to feel that and and you're moving past, you're moving up to your edge. That's when you can actually surrender, and there's there's something to surrendering, like it's amazing. I would say don't start there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just say you know, we're happy to um, share some of that with you um, as well, but I wouldn't. I would say to you, don't start there, and that's probably a growth edge for you. Yeah. And it's fun. It's totally fun when you when we're playing at it, when we're doing it in class. It's totally fun and hysterical, and then you get to see oh oh. You know, so you guys are polyamorous. I'm we we have an open relationship. Okay, do you define that as polyamorous, or is that not the? It's a it's a brand of it. I hate I hate putting labels on any of it, but um, it's a brand of it. We are we believe we're sovereign beings, Mm -hmm. and so we can do whatever we want, Mm -hmm. and so if the occasion comes up that's like super important that we'd want to be with somebody else then we both have the sovereign ability to do that mm-hmm. i love that was yeah. that a discussion that you guys had or is that kind of just open because of the community or the community that you're in like how does one go about that because i am trying to master that one as well to be honest well i you. i'm going to say that that's not our expertise Okay. Yeah, we have my the expert in that is a dear friend of mine named Kamala Devi. Mm -hmm. And she used to be she was the star of the of the Showtime um, television show Married and Dating Polyamory Married and Dating. She Mm -hmm. I defer everything to her because she is an expert at that. Mm -hmm. We like, you know, we plot along, we find our way. And also, you said yeah, Kamala. You, yeah, Kamala Davy. I'm happy to give you her contact info. All right, we gotta get her on the on the podcast. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she is awesome. She's also hawking two new books right now. One of them is uh, one of them is under here. I'm in the sex shamans. Sex shamans, which I'm in it. I'm chapter two. Nice. She's hawking sex shamans and also her a novel, Fifty Two Fridays. So she'd be very happy to come on to your show. That'd be great. And yeah. Talk about all of that. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting to navigate and, um, you know, a very good book on that is called opening up by Tristan Taramino. Okay. Gotcha. I will check that out. So I, I do know like a lot of guys who find me or come to me, they, they're not able to meet as many women as they would like. They find women are more closed off to them they're confused because you're just like, you know, why me or what's going on here? So why do you, why do we feel if, you know, everything I'm hearing from you is women love sex. This is, they get more pleasure from it, if anything, than guys. So why is it that so many guys are having a hard time, you know, convincing a woman to go in a relationship or to have sex? What is the barrier from the woman's side of things? So it, this is real. it's so it's, it's actually biological, psychological, physical, spiritual, women need connection to have sex Mm -hmm. and men need sex to have connection. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's a setup. It's the cosmic joke. Yeah. Um, 
men want to have sex because they want to connect. And women are like, whoa, 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 I want to connect first before I would have sex with you. So men need to know that it's like it's stacked against them that way. Like it's just it's 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 really in the biology. It's the way we were built. And um, if men know that, then they can slow it down and they can start to find ways to connect. Mm. They, they actually can choose to adapt to the fact that women need to connect with them before they normally would have sex with them. The only times that is um, the exceptions to that is if people are intoxicated the exceptions to that are also if a woman is on her period or just about to ovulate, different things happen. Like women will go to a bar and not understand why they, why they brought that guy home, but it was their hormones that were raging at that time, like the, the, the biological urge to get impregnated. So sometimes there are, there are times in a woman's cycle that one, more men are drawn to her because they can tell that she's ovulating and she doesn't maybe know that she's ovulating, but she does some things that she- Well, pheromones. She might regret, <laughs> she might regret in the morning. Um, the invisible attraction. Most of the time right. though, women need connection. <clears throat> really need to feel like this guy is somewhat into me. So for the guys listening, what, what would you say are the best ways to form that connection? Ask her about herself, show interest in what she does, what she likes, how she is. Some women have like rules, you know, the three date rule, the five date rule, the whatever men should know that. Like, it's not really about how much money he's going to spend on her. It's about how interested he is in pursuing her. Yeah. I think men can also ask that question, you know, how interested, how far am I willing to pursue this woman in order to have sex with her? Like, think about that. Is it and worth the squeeze? Yeah, exactly. And and if it's not, then, um, you know, the conversations that we've already talked about, like having an RBDSM conversation is probably a good thing to have on the first date. Like get that flat, figure out what that's about. Um, but connection like is just about conversation. And really, when I said women need to feel safe, seen and, and adored, you know, use that in your in your lead up. So when you're connecting in the very beginning, if you'll just keep that in the back of your mind, she needs to feel safe. She needs to feel seen. I've got to hear her. What is she telling me? What's what am, what am I hearing behind that as well? And really prod and ask questions, sure. you know? Yeah. So that's, you know, and if they feel, um, and women don't like creepy, Yes, I've, I, I've, I've heard of this thing about not being creepy. <laughs> yeah, I think creepy. Um, this is interesting because I think creep. Uh, you tell me. I, I, you, you work with a lot of men, but I feel like creepy is when a man isn't congruent with his desire for a woman. What do you mean by that? Because I think I, I mean that, So when a man is not congruent with his desire for a woman, um, he's like holding back that expression. Like that he's, he's pretending he's, that he's he's like looking at her, but he's pretending that he's not interested or he's um, like yeah, he really he really wants to uh, have sex with her, but he's not saying I'm really interested in you. He's like, I don't know. It's he's like he's like checking. I feel like what it is, is uh, it's like the monkey brain where like he's just really caring about sex. So he's doing all the things that he thinks he needs to do, but it's just for the sex and it's not for like everything else that comes with it. And it completely like shuts down everything else, a part of like his actions, his words, whatever. It's like, he's only focused on this one thing and it's completely bl like uh, blurring his vision of self-awareness. Well, well here's, here's what's a trip is that if, if a man would, I, I'm, I, I'm just gonna say this real quick and then you jump in Jared. If a man is interested in a woman um, and he's able to actually say so, like I'll say to, I'll say to a woman, I'll say, listen, um, forgive me if I'm a little weird, uh, but I get nervous around beautiful women. And so I just want you to know that. And if I start, you know, acting a little creepy or whatever, just know that, you know, I'm attracted to you. I think you're beautiful, that kind of thing. And, you know, just roll with it. I'm good. It'll just take me a moment to get past that. Um, so I'm just honest about it. Or I've seen him say that to women and or, or, they, they're like, oh, yeah. they, they, you like they let down their guard. Yeah, it's because it's I'm just being congruent with the fact that I'm attracted to you. Um, so, so that right there is one way for us to not get yeah. caught up in. And by the way, I like having sex with beautiful women. 
it's fun. <laughs> so, so that's something that, you know, if we can be congruent in that way, I think that that's, that's one help for men. I look at creepy as a woman's safety mechanism, right? Mm -hmm. So anytime a guy's doing something that completely breaks against the social norm or doesn't go into uh, Maslow's technique, which is uh, ju justified, then that sends off creepy alarm. So if a guy's going up and talking to a girl and a woman can't understand the justification for it, alarm bell, that there goes the creepiness for it. So going to so what you're talking about is a direct approach, which is like, hey, I like you. I think you're pretty, right? So the girl instantly justifies it. Now I know why he's talking to me. I know what's going on here. Therefore, it takes away from the creepiness. You could do an indirect approach. So if I asked a girl, hey, do you know where there's a Starbucks around here? I don't think, you know, she's not gonna be like, this guy's creepy, creeping on me. And like, no, he wants to know where the Starbucks is, right? So both sides work. It's not about indirect or direct to me. It's about, is this approach, is what you're doing justified in the girl's mind where she understands this is what's going on and we can lead them through a series of events or a series of patterns that I call the attraction ladder that, that move things forward. Wow. And a lot of times where guys are creepy is whether they're showing the desire or not, they're doing so in an uncalibrated way or in a way that completely breaks against the social norm. So in your case, you brought it up in a, hey, look, I'm harmless. I just like pretty women. I'm just letting you know that this is what it is, right? Uh, yet a guy could easily take that same desire of, I really attracted this girl and just be like, you're fucking hot. You know how hot you are? And like, just go right up to her and, or, or you know, just like start grabbing on her and be like, well, I just want to touch you. And it's like, no, that's creepy. What the fuck? Because there's, there's a danger element to it. Right. right yeah it's important for guys to understand what are these social contracts in play and what i what i tell my guys is a real master understands where the line is so you can take so if we i'll make a tunnel here so let's say and some people can see this some people can't it's okay i'm just holding up two pens uh right here in between is the social norm let's call it okay this is the or what i call the social script social script is what our parents taught us so if i said hi mike how are you chances are you'd be like, I'm great. How are you doing? Right? Because you know, like, that's what you say. So you're following the social script. Unfortunately, while very comfortable, it's also very boring because we, we all talk, we all say it all the time. Yeah. Now, if I go outside the boundary and I'm like, hi, Mike, how are you doing? Uh, I like turtles. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, it, it makes no sense. You know, it makes no sense. Right? <laughs> so you're like, okay, that's uncalibrated. That's a little bit weird. The true guys who are the best are able to skirt the line without going past it. So an easy example would be like, hey, Mike, how are you doing? Be like, awful. This this day is shit. But hey, how are you doing? Right? It's like, oh, I wasn't expecting that answer. Why is it shit? It, just, it made the conversation just a little bit more interesting now. Yeah. It's because you didn't completely cross the boundary, cross the line, but you skirted it. You weren't doing what's expected. So yeah. to me, that's, that's the definition of creepy here. That's great, man. I love it. That's great. Thank you. Right. So, Lori, Mike, so we are kind of running out of time here. Yeah. Uh, for, I know I'm interested. I'm going to sign me up. Like, where, when are these workshops going on? How can guys find out more? Uh, yep. All right. Well, a couple things. First of all, um, we have three master classes, free master classes coming up October 16, October 29, and November 5th. They're Facebook events. You could find out about them at events.extraordinarylovers dot com yeah. and so that's one thing and then our the major event that that they're prepping people for right. is extraordinary lovers experience experience which yeah. is when that's coming up on november 7th and 8th okay you so you have that, to go to one of these first ones to go to the no level. you don't in fact if you just want to find out more go to online.extraordinaryloverscom that'll have all of the information about what the uh, ELE is about. Yeah. If I'm doing one key event, first time, which one would you recommend for me? This one. Yeah, this one. The seventh? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm legit marking this down. So, all right. So, you have tons of different events. And wh where can they find it again? One more time? Uh, online. Online.extraordinarylovers.com. Okay. And where where is it located? Or is it like a Zoom thing? It's a, a Zoom, Zoom thing. We haven't been live anywhere in a while. Um, we went on Zoom right away. We were we were on our way to Israel, and uh, we, <laughs> our friend in Israel said they're closing the skies. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
COVID so changed everything. COVID changed everything. So that's not, this is online. The other thing is I have a free gift to give people. Okay. And that is, we have a practice we call moving in the unknown or Lati Han. And that helps people become more intuitive about touch, about decisions in life, about everything. And so if they go to lauriehandlers.com forward slash unknown, they will receive instruction in doing Lottie Han. And Lottie Han has, I've taken it all over the world and many people it's become their favorite practice. We say to make love in the unknown. So once you start to practice Lottie Han, you never become, you let go of that one trick pony thing. <laughs> and you start like moving in the unknown. It's yeah. never the same. Yeah. It's never ever the same. So that's why we teach Lottie Han. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. I mean, this was a great tips on where the clitoris is, how to have sex, tantra. Like this is amazing. So we got we got to have you back soon here. I still got yeah. like a million more questions. Yeah. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Thanks Jamie. Jared. So yeah. nice to to see you and to be your guest on the show. Thank you. Thank yeah. you.